This is the Horse Radio Network. Everybody has bad days, but how do you overcome the nagging feeling of being a total loser? This week, we're talking about setting realistic goals, women power in the horse industry, and a gutsy eight-year-old whose fearlessness landed him a spot in Olympian's barn. Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Magazine, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome, Welcome to Happy, to Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Sally Spickard. I'm Jessica Payne, and welcome to episode 37 of Heels Down Happy Hour. How's it going, guys? Hello. Hello. Good, how are you guys? So I, there's something I just need to get off my chest right away before we start this show. And I'm sure you guys already know what I'm going to talk about. It has to do with what was probably been our most heated thread in our Facebook group, the Heels Down Happy Hour <laughs> podcast lounge. And Jess, it's about my freaking fanny pack. Um, I can't believe how many people were on your side. Okay. Well, I was so surprised that even I think your you're husband... the only one who was against it. Well, uh, and Doug. Yeah. Your husband. husband. (laughs) I love that somebody actually thought that it was me on Doug's Facebook commenting. I know, right? (laughs) I was like, no, no, I'm here. I'll put my two cents in. Don't worry. (laughs) Too funny. Well, whatever you say, I still love my $8 thrift store fanny pack, okay? (laughs) You even got... I support you, Justine. You even got one of my friends at... Like Thanksgiving dinner shows up or is the day before something she shows up. It's like my mom's like best friend in Aiken shows up with her fanny pack on. We're like, no, 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 no. Really? Doug's like, what is happening here? And I was like, oh, it's starting. Like they're just doing it to like torture us. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So you have friends that like from everywhere, like everybody's joining in on this fanny pack, like riot towards (laughs) me, I think. Well, fanny pack movement. I've got an army, and I just want to say thank you, Sally, for your support, okay? Uh, <laughs> I'm no not going to support that. I will support you in almost everything else, but no fanny pack. Almost. Yeah, almost. I, will re- I will support you on everything, Justine, so, <laughs> you know, I'm I don't need to almost. say almost. I'm up with the almost. <laughs> I'm not, I'm uh, at least being like, I'm not going to lie, I'm telling the truth. At least you're being honest. Yeah, I mean, that, that is the mark of a true friend, so I, I guess you can respect that. <laughs> Agree to disagree. Agree, exactly. Uh, well, this episode is brought to you all by Arc Equine. They're one of our new brand partners. We're super excited to feature them. And we actually have a demo slash product review coming your way, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. So keep an eye out for that. But, you know, you d- definitely should go learn a little bit more about Arc Equine. It's a wearable therapy unit. It utilizes microcurrent technology to encourage the horse's body to heal itself. You can use it every day. It just became available in North America, so you can shop online at arcequineusa.com. And if you're Canadian, you can also shop through Greenhawk, and it's very affordable. Definitely want to check it out. Okay, so in honor of holiday season, which is basically my favorite time of the year, I've already started Christmas shopping. We have several holiday drinks to share with you. We're each going to share one. So I'm going to start, and this is from Doreen. So thank you very much for my new favorite holiday drink. This is a peppermint bark mimosa. So just let that sink in a little bit. (laughs) Um, So it's really kind of a very festive drink. And basically what you do is you take champagne or Prosecco and then you mix it with um, peppermint schnapps. 
And then you melt some semi-sweet chocolate chips and do the, dip the, the rim of the glass in the chocolate. And then you dip it in crushed peppermint, like candy canes or peppermint candies for a garnish. And then you stick a candy cane in the whole thing. So if you see this video, we'll post the, the, the recipe in the show notes. But it's a very holiday party. I could see myself wearing an ugly Christmas sweater while drinking multiple large quantities of these. So thank you very much, Doreen, for my new drink. Sounds what about delicious. You, Justine? Man, well, it's going to be hard to beat that mimosa, but <laughs> Jemmy, our favorite producer from the Horse Radio Network, gave us this very special drink this year. And I'm really excited about this one because it involves coffee. So first of all, it wants you to take coffee and use like a, you know, one of those plastic ice cube trays and go ahead and you fill, you know, you like fill the coffee in the ice cube trays and freeze them. So your ice cubes are actually made of coffee and then you toss them in a cup with Bailey's and vanilla vodka. Mm, doesn't that sound so good? So good. Yeah. yeah, you had me at vanilla vodka. That's like my favorite. So thank you, Jemmy. But Jess, you've got a fancy <laughs> drink for us too, right? Well, I feel like, you know, Sally covered the mimosa, the fancy mimosa, which sounds amazing to try. You covered the coffee part of it. I found a twist on a margarita that sounds amazing. It's called a mistletoe margaritas. And yeah, it's pretty cool. Like you take the, they had a really like fun kind of idea that you take the cranberries, add some lime juice to it, drain the lime juice, then like sprinkle sugar on it and then put those out to dry. Cause those are going to be like your garnish, like on toppings. And then I like, I don't like a lot of salt on my rims, like for a typical margarita. Normally I do no salt, but this one's going to be a great one where you do sugar and salt and then rim the glass, like the top of the glass with sugar and salt mixture. And then for the margarita itself, they did cranberry juice, tequila, triple sec, lime juice, put that in ice in a large blender, pour it in the glass, garnish it with those little cranberries. I'm like, sign me up. Oh my goodness. That sounds delicious. That is yeah. awesome. Very, very festive. So I'm super excited, but I would love to hear all of you guys' drinks for the holidays because everybody always like, you know, gets in the holiday spirit and I feel like having fun drinks would just top it off. So I'd love to hear from all of our listeners. If you're not already part of our fun little Facebook group called Heels Down Happy Hour Lounge, Make sure you join it. It's a lot of fun where we talk about Justine's backpack or fanny pack and other things, (laughs) but go on there and please like I found, you know, the margarita mistletoe margarita off of social media. So show us what you guys have, what you've tasted, what you want to try. Come in. I'd love to hear everybody's ideas. Absolutely. And why don't we roll over into news? Jess, you want to kick us off? Oh my gosh, because I have the cutest, cutest story to tell you guys about. So I guess, speaking of social media and like going around, Sian O'Connor saw this little eight-year-old kid that had been out hunting in Ireland, jumping what is like a blind three and a half foot, like it was like a jump, but had a huge three and a half foot drop on the backside. And so he's like on this little chestnut pony, he's Little James Cleary is eight years old. And in the picture, it just looks like he's flying. I mean, I guess like when I was reading the article, only three people had jumped it. And his dad, he was out hunting with his dad. And when he goes, he goes, I jumped it, didn't see the you know drop on the backside. I go, oh, I really hope James doesn't jump it. 
because there was like another way you could go around. He goes, I looked back and go, oops, too late. He's like midway through the air. Oh my gosh. This kid's position is amazing. And so it caught Sam O'Connor's eye. And so he reached out to him and was like, if you ever want to do like an apprenticeship with me, I'll offer for you to come and train in my big barn. So they're all, you know, live in Ireland. So this kid, I think this summer is going to get to go train with like Sam O'Connor and like become his little apprentice. That's awesome. awesome. What a wonderful story, you know? I know. Wow. So if... All Sian O'Connor fans out there are like even more, one more way to love him because that is just, it's incredible. He does seem really cool like that. Yeah. Cool. Like That's I obviously, story. I don't know him personally, but I'm like, what a good way to like kind of reach out to some kid that like is an ambitious writer and he's probably, yeah. you know, one of his top heroes. Well, and what's great, we'll link this in the show notes, of yes. course, but you guys have to see this picture. This kid, it is a massive head. She's jumping. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my gosh, on this it's, little pony. Little Chestnut Pony, it's the cutest thing. So you guys will have to check it out. So Justine, you have one for us. I'm just wondering, I have a question before we start yours. Okay. Either Siri's like listening in on you and like knows that since you were in Iceland that like maybe they should feed you some news or did you like find somewhere to subscribe (laughs) to only get Icelandic news now? I don't know. It's crazy. It just like haunts me and all my social feeds and my email. Maybe it's Alexa. Maybe it's Siri. I don't know. All Everything that's listening to me in my are house. Are all your Facebook ads for Iceland now? Seriously, yeah, they are. <laughs> but, because they're uh, listening. I know. Well, it's they're crazy. All, all of ours are going to be about Iceland after this now. I know, right? <laughs> Turn off so, all the devices. Uh, I mean, there are worse things, I guess. But um, totally. but my my story is about a new, a new horse color like a coat color um that they found on an Icelandic horse uh which is really interesting so I don't know how much you guys know about the Icelandic horse but it's a very old breed it's been around for thousands of years it's the only breed actually in Iceland they don't have any other breed of horse and they already come in all kinds of very unique colors from they could be paints they could have blue eyes they could be roan colored we saw like literally every color you could imagine when we were on our trip But there's a specific breeder in Iceland who said he had this stallion that was born with like a a new coat pattern that he's never seen before. So his parents were a bay dun and a blue dun. And he has sort of a dun coloring to him, like a red-ish dun. And he has the dun stripe down his back. But he has more of like a splattering, like a white flattering on his body, almost like a roan too, which is really interesting. And he, this horse has a blue eye and a brown eye. So they believe that, that this color has never been seen before in any other horse. So it's, it's really kind of pretty cool. though. It is really pretty. And we'll definitely show this, this story in the show notes too. So you guys can get a good look at him, but it's, it's really unique. I've never seen a horse quite like this before. Hmm. What about you, Sally? What do you got for us? So I have a super cute story that I stumbled upon on Facebook last week around Thanksgiving about this pony in Virginia. Her name's Holly, and she's a Welsh Percheron cross. And she took it upon herself one night to open the door to the barn and make her way up two flights of stairs to the hayloft where she camped out for the night and gorged herself, I'm sure, on as much hay as she could possibly eat. And so they had to call the large animal rescue because horses don't have the (laughs) depth perception to be able to go back down the stairs. So she was stuck. 
Um, and so this large animal rescue posted a thing on Facebook and then there was a follow-up article about it that we'll share, but the pictures are priceless because they had to, there's a balcony off of the hayloft that they removed the railing from and then put a sling around the pony and then use like a crane <laughs> to get it's her incredible. down from the hayloft and she's blindfolded and she's just like super chill and whatever. I got my hay, I'm in a coma, you know, whatever. And, you know, all, all's well that ends well, but it was this very large effort to get this pony out of the hayloft that had gone up there on her own will. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. gosh. Of course um, it was a pony, you know, only a pony right, is exactly. that mischievous. Well, I'm saying pony, but and she looks really small, but it says she's a Welsh Percheron cross. But if you see the picture, she's clearly not like a full-size draft horse or anything like that. So I think that obviously made things a little bit easier, but... Hats off to the large animal rescue team because that required some ingenuity for sure. Pretty funny. Wow. <laughs> so, um, but you guys can always find cool news like this off the wall stuff, both horsey and not horsey in our weekday email newsletter called the Heels Down Brief. So if you haven't signed up yet, I strongly encourage you to. It's free. Uh, a lot of times we'll do giveaways and exclusive things for our brief readers. Um, and right now, of, of course, we're also spotlighting our holiday gift guide. So you definitely want to do yourself a favor and sign up at bit.ly slash hdbrief. Okay, so I wanted to ask you guys, because I've seen this come up probably in our Facebook lounge for sure, but people have been asking how often we clean our stuff, like our brushes, our blankets, you know, the tack trunk that has God knows what in it. And I have to admit, and I was a working student, so I hate to even admit this, but I was really, I've always been really bad about getting on a schedule for keeping that stuff clean and so I guess I'm here to learn from you guys. So I want to know what your routine is. I always take like this time of year for some reason, like December. Yeah. It's the holidays. It's all this, but it's just about like, it's dead season, you know, like we're not yeah. showing this time of year. So I really take this time of year to like all of our blankets are already cleaned, which is awesome, but go through like our tack trunks, go through and like really make sure my tacks all like our tack gets cleaned all the time. Like thankfully mm-hmm. I have lovely girls, like they're awesome, but we go through and we like deep clean everything. So we really make sure like before the season starts that, you know, we've really scrubbed everything that the brushes get rewashed, that you're really getting in so that you're starting off fresh. So you're, you know, all that stuff that's accumulated in all the tack trunks, like we go and we just clean out everything. So we start Mm -hmm. fresh for the new year. So this is a good time for me to like We'll do brushes, we'll do tack trunks, we'll do all that because we're just pulling blankets out and all our blankets are cleaned because, yeah, we'll wash them intermittently through um, the year, especially like the lights and the mediums. We have big, big washers at the barn, so those are easy. We wash those all the time. And then the heavies, if they get really gross, we'll take them to the laundromat or, you know, just kind of keep them clean. But I haven't found one like down here, but in Jersey... And I'm sure a lot of you guys have these places that in these big kind of affluent kind of horse places, they'll have laundry services that every April we sent off all blankets, every one of them. And I mean, we have 20 plus horses that even, you know, now we're up to like 30. A horse specific dry cleaner is what you're talking about? It's a horse specific dry cleaner. And these people have this business. And we had this one lady that used to come to the barn in Jersey, pick up all of our horse blankets. And it really was like between $5 to $7 blanket. Like it was really like reasonable for us, like in that sense. Like 
because we got him like she patched up every blanket that was bad wow. and everything. So, and then returned them, like you labeled them with the person's name on it. And so like all the owners were like, absolutely all the borders, everybody was on board because for 20 bucks, you could have all your three to four blankets washed. Yeah. You I know, don't have to tops. worry about the headache. No. And then she returned it. Do you know, like the kind of, I guess, like if you get a new comforter, it comes in those bags. Yeah. So she had all those bags and would label them what they were. So then they got stored all year round, like from in April a nice clean or May bag. in a yeah. nice clean bag. And then, you know, like right now it's not, you know, it's just getting cold enough to pull the heavies out for where we are, but you then didn't have all these blankets and they all sat in individually packed baggies, like little bags zipped up with names on them. It was the greatest thing. It was so so awesome. Jess, I do have a question. You said that you guys have big washers at your barn now. Are those like commercial sized washers? Are they like ones you have in your house? Um, They're like the biggest one you can find for your house. Got it. Because I have destroyed many a washers in my <laughs> in my lifetime trying to wash horse blankets. I had a roommate in college who I love dearly. He's actually my cousin, so he can be mad at me, but he can't not love me because we're actually family. <laughs> and I would bring the blankets home to wash in our <gasps> college apartment, and he was like, "What is wrong with you? I can't." And I I was so bad in college too. As like a nineteen twenty year old, I would stuff like four of them in the washer. Oh, well, yeah. That's and, why. And then it would flood and it would break the spin part of it. And I'd be like, what? It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. No. I think about it now. <laughs> no. I mean, I wonder uh, who I hated you. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can't really blame. But it's so hard to find places to do that. Like, I remember I when know. I Ocala, we, there was one laundromat in town in Ocala. And it had, like, two washing machines that were designated there was a sign that literally says horse laundry and these only and so every night you go and all the working students would be lined up with all their horse laundry wow for one of these two washing machines because i mean yeah it's just like you can't find somebody that's willing which you know i get but god it's just so annoying but that service sounds like the service was great save the headache from all of this so we do all the big blankets we've got the big blankets but we do. So we go and make a day out of it. My mom actually started this a couple of years ago that we would go. And there's this Mexican restaurant called Maria's and across next door is the laundry mat. And so we go like in the middle of the day, like, you know, if it was gross and we needed to like in the middle of the season, we'd do it. But mainly like once the blanket season was over, we'd take all the heavies and we go to the laundromat because same thing. But they have like six washers you can use at this one for the horse laundry. And you go and we'd have lunch or, you know, and we call it dunch. Well, no, we do dunch. <laughs> so we do with margaritas. But dunch, so it's like three o'clock. So it's like between dinner and lunch. We'd love us some dunch. And you'd spend like two hours and you just get all the blankets done. But wow. yes, Justine, back to you. The reason you broke them is you're supposed to do like one to two blankets. I know. Believe me. I I mean, I knew it even when I shoved four or five in there. So <laughs> <laughs> like I, I know it's like, a terrible decision. I'm like, this probably isn't a good idea, but let's see if I can get away with it. And then, nope. <laughs> let's see. But um, what about, uh, so someone in our Facebook group shared a really interesting tip for um, cleaning your brushes, which 
I guess I do like very like not on a regular schedule, but if my horse had some like rain rot through the summer, I'll I'll clean them. And usually I just dunk them in like hot water with dish soap and then let them air dry. But one of our listeners in the Facebook group suggested getting denture tablets, like cleaner that you put in the glass of water for dentures. Oh, and she oh. cleaned her brushes, or her brushes with those because they're really cheap. They're like $2 at the dollar store, which I think was a really interesting idea. But what about your tap trunks? Because I use the plastic, like the heavy duty plastic ones. I haven't had like a nice, I haven't had a nice wood one in a long time. And I used to try to do, I used to try to empty my whole tap trunk at least once or twice a year and then use dish soap and a really good hard brush and scrub everything just to keep like spiders and critters from growing in them. But did you guys have, do you have any tips? I mean, I've, I've been slacking recently, but I definitely noticed it helped. My thing is not necessarily for cleaning it out. Like I think, cause I think that's, I would always try to take my stuff out after show season and just kind of get it ready for the winter and get all the stuff put away that I knew I wasn't going to use. But then I put dryer sheets in my tack trunk because it keeps it from smelling like, you know, God knows whatever. And I try to make sure everything that goes in there is pretty clean. So like try not to put boots with mud on them, you know, try to make sure any saddle pads that are going in are clean and that just kind of help, helps you keep it clean over time. But the dryer sheets help keep any, like, odd smells out. So That's a good a idea. little hack that I use. The only other point I wanted to bring up was our style editor for the magazine, Caitlin Woodburn. She wrote this really great story about, like, tips for doing your own laundry at home. So not anything yeah, heavy Yeah, that duty. was a good one. Not anything heavy duty for, like, a horse blanket, but, like... She's actually a fashion designer. She owns Street and Saddle, a clothing company. So she knows a lot about fabric. And she shared all of her inside tips on, you know, when to use bleach, which she says never. But also uh, really interesting tips on how to gently wash your nicest breeches, how to keep your show shirts the whitest they can be without using a ton of products and really like wearing them out in the washer. So we're going to share that story with you guys in the show notes. So keep an eye out for it. So um, I wanted to talk to you guys. This is kind of a subject that's a little bit near and dear to my heart. And, um, you know, the whole idea of feeling like a loser at, you know, X age, you know, I'm 33 this year, I'm not writing currently. And, you know, I kind of went from being all in all day, every day as a working student to nothing. And, you know, even as a working student, it's, it's easy to kind of get caught up in all of that, you know, oh, there's all these young writers that are doing so much more than me or, you know, whatever you want to use. And um, Holly Bennett, Awad actually wrote a guest column for Heels Down recently that was all about the learning process and how you shouldn't rush it. And, you know, I trained with Holly for a little bit. She, you know, I can attest that she's a really good coach and she really, you know, pushes your comfort zone, but she doesn't really make you feel like you you can't do something and she doesn't intimidate you. But one thing that she always says is, you know, you there's never a rush. You're never in a hurry. Yes, we have all these goals, but whatever happens, you know, you have to do what's best for you, what's best for your horse. There's no need to rush all these kids up the levels. And as an adult amateur, that was really nice for me to hear because, you know, it is freaking hard to feel like you're 30 years old. You're not really doing anything. You're jumping two foot, you're jumping three foot, whatever you're your max is and you never feel like you're doing enough. So why do I even keep doing this? So I think that's a common thing for, you know, writers, especially amateurs and, you know, young writers that maybe see their peers moving up really quick. So I'd be interested to hear you guys' thoughts on this whole feeling like a loser thing, because this problem really seemed like it resonated with a lot of people. And I know it did with me too, for sure. 
Well, yeah. So I want to give a shout out to some of the people who commented on the story because it's really what inspired me to write an editorial kind of feeding off what people said, you know. So like people read Holly's column and said, I'm behind. There's so much emphasis on young writers and their promise. And that's really hard for me being 30 and still struggling to actually compete a beginner novice. I feel like a loser. And why am I trying? Like, okay, I'm going to keep pressing on. Don't get me wrong. But I think they're shouldn't be so much pressure on young writers. And a lot of people chimed in that too. Like another another person said, I've been trying to event for five years and never won a ribbon ever at beginner novice in a three phase. Mm-hmm. And despite that, I'm moving up to novice next year, which I'm glad to see like, you know, it is what it is and people are still riding. And, I, you know, I'm 30. I own a really green horse. I've owned him for a year and he's still green. You know, um, it's a struggle every day, every week for me to try to find enough time to go and make a difference in his education and ride enough, you know, and I'm lucky if I jump my horse two three, you know, mm. so I totally understand the struggle and I wish there was more time to ride and I wish it was more of a linear process, but it's not between illnesses and family commitments and sort of that balance and everything that, that we try to fit into our lives. But Jess, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you think because you are a trainer and you teach adults who I'm sure express this to you too, that ha- they have goals and then maybe they, they're disappointed if they don't reach them. How do you handle that? Yeah, I think a lot of it is most people. So I guess the hardest thing for most people to describe is like, so when you talk about like, I need to be doing this, I'm 30 years old, I'm X, Y, and Z, like, make sure that you take every day at a time and appreciate like your small little like wins. Everybody thinks about these big goals and big things, but they're really more so like dreams. And I'm not saying don't dream, like dream big, dream as big as you can even think of, but make sure your goals are more short term. So then like they're more achievable and you see them happen faster. So like so many people get wrapped up because, you know, you're dealing with horses, horses, our horses, they're heartbreaking, may make you very humble. So they can get hurt in the paddock. They can, you know, we all know what they can do. So I always tell like a bunch of my riders that come in and they're like, I want, you know, I want to be, you know, they're 30 years old. I want to be at advanced in five years. And I'm like, okay, like that's, I'm not saying don't dream there, but why don't we, what do you want to do this semester? Like, what do you want to do this season? What are your goals for the next two months? What are your goals for the next month? And we break it down so that you can start to see you're actually achieving your goals. And, you know, like if you're having problems and you're like, you know, I just, I just want a ribbon. I'm like, okay, well, yes, a ribbon is so important and we're going to do that. But why don't we work on like the biggest, like your hardest phase? So let's call it show jumping. You had five down the last round. Not ideal. But you know what? We're going to go back and we're going to work on it and we're going to be happy if you have two down, you know, like so that it just becomes small little wins because the small little wins become huge wins. And then you don't get discouraged and you're seeing you are making progress. So Mm -hmm. pick about little things and, and appreciate it. It's supposed to be fun, especially for the amateurs, like the lady, you know, everybody, ladies, boys, gentlemen, all of the above, like it's supposed to be fun. So I always want to say like, look, you know, highlight it. So when even you have that aha moment and like in the middle of the lesson, I'm like, yay, you know, and like really appreciate it because you have worked that hard and you are getting to that goal. It just, it's a process and it really is a long process. 
Yeah. I think the concept of setting, you know, what, what you call bite-sized goals combat that, you know, and it doesn't have to be like, Oh, I'm, I'm moving up to X level, you know, I'm moving up to prelim or, or moving up to the meter twenties or, or whatever it can be. Hey, I got that lead change today and I've been yeah. to right to left, you know, and that's the stuff that builds the progress that you, you know, I do the same now with my working out. Like I, I feel crappy cause I, I only ran so long, but then I say, well, but six months ago I was, I couldn't run a mile. You know, six months so you ago, you'd be able yeah. to see that stuff, you know, and think about it like that way. Six months ago, you're like, I ran a quarter of the mile and I should just want to take down a nap now. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, it's nothing now. And so you do see those goals and you can then appreciate it. Yeah. It's like losing weight, right? It's hard when you're looking at yourself every day in the mirror and you cannot see the progress and you're like, why is nothing happening? And then you walk over to your friend who hasn't seen you for six months and she's like, holy cow, you look really good. And you're like, oh, I didn't even notice, you know? So it's that concept of when you're staring at yourself and you're being introspective all the time, it's really hard to get out from underneath that. So it's, you know, get out from underneath that, make a list, make some bite-sized goals, and it's easier to see progress that way. Absolutely. Yeah. And it can, it can be hard when, you know, like for me, I am, my horse can go straighter and more balanced over a fence and that's huge. You couldn't do that a year ago, but we're still jumping the same height. So it's, it's like hard sometimes that you have to take a step back. That's why I love video. Like I can look Mm -hmm. at a video from last year and look at the video from this year and see how much stronger I've gotten as a rider. I could see how much fitter he's gotten and how much more we're working together. Um, and that when I'm feeling down about myself, that's what I try to do is like watch old videos and go like, wow. All right. So we have made progress. Yep. Yeah, I agree. So hopefully that helps you guys for anybody who is struggling with this, but it's always a struggle. So it's really great to have a great, like a good trainer that you could be honest with when you're feeling down like that, but also good barn friends. You know, it's, I feel like it's just part of the sport that everybody, everybody feels this at some point. Absolutely. It really is. And if nothing else, just know that we all can relate, you know, to the person who says they haven't won a ribbon, you know, my horse that I sold last year, I did so many shows on him. I never got a single freaking ribbon on that horse. I think I have like one fifth place ribbon that was fifth out of five. (laughs) So, you know, I I feel your pain. So we definitely can all relate to you and we're all, we're all kind of in this together for sure. Absolutely. So this next segment is brought to you by Anique, and I'm super excited to introduce you guys to this newer line of athletic wear. It was designed by a female equestrian, and it's designed for women. I don't know if about you guys, but I am not the bustiest of riders, but I know that it's hard to find shirts that actually fit the female figure and flatter you, keep you dry and warm and all that sort of thing. So Anique is a new line of equestrian shirts. They thought of all the details from a more flattering design and actually giving room for your curves and then having uh, different materials that help cool you. Uh, every little thing they kind of thought of. So these shirts are really stylish and they've really taken off. You can actually save 15% off right now through anyequestrian.com. And all you got to do at checkout is use code HEELSDOWN15. So definitely check out these gorgeous shirts. All right, guys, I'm really excited to introduce our guest on the show today. We have Jen Wood, who is originally from Chicago. She's a lifelong horse person who grew up riding in the Hunter Jumpers. She worked for Margie Engel and Ann Krasinski, but she's probably best known for being a freelance writer and photographer for phelpsports.com and then also her own company, Jennifer Wood Media and Jump Media in the public relations side of the horse industry. But we have Jen on today because she founded the Equestrian Businesswoman Group in 2018, 
which was meant to connect businesswomen from the equine industry and provide them with resources in the community. And they're going to the group is going to host its first ever summit in Wellington in January. So Jen, welcome to the show. We're really excited to talk with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. Well, to start off, since you have been a journalist, a writer, and a photographer for in the equestrian industry for a while, we wondered, uh, do you have do you have like a favorite interview you've ever done or like a really inspirational interview? I'm sorry to make you pick yeah. one off the top of your head because I'm sure there are many, but no, actually one that really stands out in my mind that I remembered over this past year was interviewing Bill Steinkraus. He was oh, cool. such a legend, and I talked to him probably 10 or 12 years ago, and we, you know, talked about his history and, you know, what he loved about the sport, and he was just such a an amazing man, and, you know, the breadth of experience that he had, not just in the horse industry, but kind of in life was really inspiring, and it, that still stands out in my mind as a great interview. That's awesome. Wow. Well, in going in another direction, I know you founded uh, Equestrian Businesswomen, and you have your own website, which is ek, just eqbusinesswomen.com. And I'm really interested to hear more about this summit that you're hosting in Wellington on January 9th. So can you tell me more about why you saw a need for something like this in the horse world? Yeah. So I founded my own business almost 10 years ago. And I remember thinking at the time, like, I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, luckily I, I had, you know, an accountant to go to, to say, how do I start a corporation? Like, how do I do all of these things that are kind of basic business skills? And, and then probably four or five years ago, I was thinking, you know, it would have, it would have been cool to have a mentor or it would be great to have somebody to go to that has nothing to do with my business. That isn't a client that I could talk to and bounce ideas off of. And that kind of grew into thinking about, well, you know, if I can't get it for myself, why don't I just start a company and be able to provide it for others, um, in return. So about three years ago, I, thought about having a conference and it kind of turned into something last January when I had a dinner with about 25 people in Wellington, 25, you know, equestrian business women that I respected and told them my, my idea. And it was kind of unequivocally positive feedback that I should kind of go with it and see what I could do. And so the That's summit awesome. was born and probably, over the summer was when I really started planning what we would do and where we could have it and what I wanted it to be. And we really wanted it to be a day of inspiration and motivation. And I think I've said to a few people, like, I don't want this to be how to use QuickBooks 101. Like, I don't want it to be <laughs> boring and, you know, have it be something that you don't come out of it being really excited for your business and what you can do with it. So Jen, I have a question that's just, um, so what, like if we were to go to the summit and stuff as a person, is it more for people like myself, like trainers, or is it more for, I know Patricia who is head of Heels Down Media and Ega Gold, like she's going to attend Mm -hmm. Who really is going to attend? Like, what should the participants kind of expect? And is it more for people like me or is it more for like, who really, 
who are you kind of marketing this summit for especially, I mean, I know it's women and business women in the right. question world, but is it more trainers or is it more kind of tell us a little bit of that avenue? I think it's really both. I think a lot of people would tell you people like trainers and professional riders, maybe the people that need something like this the most and are probably the least likely to take advantage of it. And so we're definitely aiming towards trainers, professionals in the industry, but also, you know, anyone who has kind of a connection to horses, who has, who's an entrepreneur, who has a business that centers around the equestrian industry. And I think, you know, we're thinking really broadly. It's not, you know, it's not just hunter jumper and dressage and eventing. It's, you know, we have people coming to the summit that are on panels from the racing industry, from polo, you know, saddlebreds, Morgans, the breed federations, that sort of thing. It's really open to anyone who wants to learn more and, you know, see how it could help them improve their business. That's really awesome because, you know, I think that one of the, I I was looking at the schedule of events and like you have a a bunch of different panels, right? And so one of these panels is about balance. And I thought that topic was really interesting. And, you know, for us, we have this, you know, marriage of our passion and then our business, you know, just obviously passionate about horses and she married it with her business, you know, same with all of us. So I think that's a really important topic. I mean, is that something like, how did you come up with your panel topics as far as you know, is yeah. that something that you think women struggle with more as far as finding that balance or what was the inspiration Definitely. for these? Yeah, the the balance panel was kind of my um, baby, I guess you could say, my <laughs> second baby. Um, it was, that was one I really wanted to have because it's something that I struggle with, you know, having my own business, um, having a three-year-old and a family. And I do think women, you know, have bear a much larger burden in life with that. I think like this year there was, maybe it was last year, there was a big study that came out about emotional labor and how women carry a lot more of the emotional labor just within their family. And I think when you add in, you know, running a business or being a big part of a business that you're passionate about, I think that adds even more And that was something that I wanted to talk about and see how different women handled it. You know, what do you do to, to balance it in your mind and in your life and your time management to make sure that you're kind of giving equally to all the different parts of your life? Sure. Good point. It's like an everyday struggle, I'd say. It is. And I think that's the point. Like it's not, you don't, you don't have to figure it out. Like you don't have to be perfectly balanced, but what are the ways that you can work harder to try and achieve it. Like you're never going to totally achieve it and it's not going to be perfect every day, but you know how we could pick up, you know, tips from lots of different people on how they do it and, you know, take what you can from different people's lives and how you might be able to make it work for you. For sure. So like Jess mentioned, Patricia De Silva, who is the CEO of Heelstein Magazine is going to be on the social media panel. So we're yeah. really excited about that. But Jen, I know, I mean, you're a household name. People know you in equestrian sport from your public relations company. And I'm just curious, how did you, you started out as a rider. How did you get into this business and what do you love most about it? I went to University of South Carolina and I got a marketing degree and I rode on the intercollegiate team there. And when I graduated, it was 
you know, I was kind of looking for a job and trying to figure out what I wanted to do and whether I wanted to kind of go the horse route or try and find a quote unquote real job. (laughs) (laughs) And I was thinking about law school too. And then September 11th happened and the job market kind of froze and things were strange for a while. So that I was like, all right, I'm going to do horses and see how it goes. And I did horses for two years. And after that, I was like, Ugh, I don't think this is for me. Like, I don't think I can do this for a lifetime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, at least with grooming, I, you know, that's what I was doing was grooming and, and it, you know, I was like, well, I've got a degree. Why don't I try and find something in my degree? And at that point, Phelps Media Group had just started. And so I saw somewhere that they were looking to hire. So I sent my resume and then I kind of um, bugged them for a solid four or five months. And they eventually hired me. And <laughs> um, it kind of worked out perfectly. <laughs> in, uh, so there's a little, you know, tip for anyone who, for you know, people coming out of college, if, you know, it pays to be persistent as well. And yeah, I worked for them for five years and it was kind of a great marriage of, you know, being involved in the sport and being able to use my degree. And when I started my own company in 2009, at the end of the year, it kind of really grew from there. And I really found that I was uh, passionate about what I do and promoting the sport and athletes in it. And yeah, I think it's turned out well. And I just think it's, it's really cool to have a job where I get to be my own boss. Like that's huge for me. And I get to, you know, make decisions for myself based on, you know, what I want to do and how I want to do it. And I still get to go to horse shows all the time, which is awesome. And I've got, (laughs) yeah. And I, gotten to go to some really amazing events. Like, you know, I was at WEG this summer to see the show jumping team win the gold medal and it, you know, really special moments like that. Very yeah. cool. So go if you want to learn more about the summit, again, the website is ecbusinesswomen.com. You can find uh, tickets there. You can find a, a, an agenda and some speakers there. And again, the event is on January 9th in Wellington. But West Jen, West- while we... In West Palm Beach. Okay. So Palm Beach area. And since we got you here, we would love for you to play Rose and Thorn with us, which is something we always do to clone up, close out the show. Uh, are you familiar right. with it or do you need us to explain the rules? Oh, I've listened to the podcast before. I have a fairly good idea, but uh, if you want to <laughs> refresh me, that might work. <laughs> sure, sure. So um, basically what we do is our rose is the best thing that's happened to us this week and our thorn is the worst thing. So we won't make you go first since you're our guest. Jess or Sally, are you guys ready or do you need me to go first? I can go for once. <laughs> all right, Sally, you go. Sal, go. Uh, all right. Well, I'll start with my thorn because it's literally a freaking thorn on my side. Um, Kyle and I got up the other day to go to the track with his bike and we have a truck that we park. Our neighborhood is really nice. It's gated. There's a gate that you have to have a garage door opener to get in. Um, not really a bad area. And we walked out in the morning while Kyle did early in the morning to get the bike loaded up. And somebody had tried to siphon gas out of the truck tank. What? Um, Which is fine. Whatever. If you need gas that bad, 
okay, cool. Just leave me enough that I can go buy more. But then what they did is they took mulch and they shoved it down into the gas tank. Like he tried to get it out because he thought it was just, I don't know. Like why on earth? It's not like we have enemies. (laughs) Like I don't know. Like I don't understand. So then, and then the idiots like left the siphon hoses next to the truck. But then, so Kyle was, you know, he didn't want to start the truck with a bunch of mulch floating around in the gas tank. So then we had to have the truck towed, um, you know, and do whatever, pay for whatever to get it. I don't think it's been done yet, but it was just like a huge pain in the butt because then we had to go borrow his buddy's truck and we didn't, you know, we were literally at the track for the whole freaking day, which is, I'm sure what he says when we go to the barn, but still, (laughs) it was just. Oh God, it was the most annoying experience. And again, it was like, you know, nobody's hurt. The truck's going to be fine. It's really not that big of a deal, but it's just like, why, you know, like why go that extra step to go through and like actually vandalize my truck, you know? Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I don't they make like gas cap locks. I think that you can buy, I think I'm going to have to buy one of those because it's older truck. So it doesn't have like the door to the gas cap doesn't lock like my car does. So I guess it's an easy target, but I just, it was just annoying. Not the way I wanted to start my week, but yeah. So my, my rose would be, I just found out my parents are coming in for five days between Christmas and new Year's, So they weren't Aww. sure they were going to be able to make it because they live in North Carolina. So it's kind of a big trip for them to come all the way out here. So they are coming, I think they're coming like the 26th and they're staying until New Year's Eve. So I'll get to hang out with them because I really, literally, I see my family like once a year, if that. So it's kind of, it's kind of special when they get to come out this way and enjoy San Diego. So that is my rose. Oh, well, silver lining, I guess, to your terrible truck. Exactly. Yeah. And like I said, it's really not that big of a deal. You know, everybody's okay. It's just like, you know, come on, man. Like, why do you got to do this? (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm with you. That sucks. Ugh. Yeah. All right, Jess. Okay, I've got mine. So my thorn would be I'm just now, I mean, most people know, but like I got the flu once last (laughs) week and I thought, you know, that's bad. And then the baby gets the flu once and then Doug gets the flu and no offense, (laughs) but the man flu is way worse. Like it is a definition of something. I mean, 36 hours in the bed over here. And so (laughs) apparently like, I mean, the man flu is real. Like when I didn't get to the bar the first day, Courtney's like, oh, it's really bad. Jessica's sick. And then she's like, so we should expect not Doug not to show up for like two days, which was true. (laughs) And so I think, you know, it's bad enough. We all have the flu once, blah, blah, blah. I somehow must not have gotten it completely, even though it was really bad. The first, like it was bad enough the first time. Second time around was terrible, terrible. I was literally sick. And then we got Courtney sick. So like, thankfully it's like gone now, but we, I'm not sure how you get the flu twice in one week, but apparently myself and Hudson could. And so Doug looks and he goes, I've never been thrown up on before. Now I've been thrown (laughs) up five times because of the baby. (laughs) So bad. (laughs) It's so bad. And like, so funny. Well, and Jen would probably appreciate this. He goes to get sick, like, after he'd had his bottle. Because he was drinking the bottle a bunch. But I'm, like, real bad. Like, if a horse gets spooky, like, I'm, like, thin for yourself. So I'm, like, no, don't hurt me. And I, like, run the other direction. Like, scared cats. <laughs> so when Hudson goes to get sick, I just 
literally pointed at a dog. I literally. <laughs> so he throws up. I mean, and he's like, there were blankets. Like, why didn't you aim for one of the blankets? He goes, you aim for the leather couch and myself. And I just aimed him right at Doug. And I was like, oh, no, he's getting sick. And, like, without thinking, went and literally put my hands out. And, like, his mouth went towards Doug. And he vomited all over him. And he's like, oh what is God. wrong with you? That is so, so funny. Oh, my gosh. It, it was pretty foul in our house. But so that would be my thorn for this couple weeks is that's been painful but my rose was we all got better and we decided to do we were supposed to be up here so we did a kind of thanksgiving christmas combo with doug's family at the new farm site so the new farm is coming along we have a sign oh it looks really really good it's going to be pretty awesome so like so good oh all the trusts are going up like it's going to be it's going to be massive like it looks really big on drawings and then you see it in real life and you're like, that's really, really big. Like <laughs> it's probably bigger than I thought it was going to be, but it's going to be pretty, pretty awesome. So I'm really excited. So that is definitely, that's going to be my rose for like probably the good next couple months. Oh my goodness. So you can skip me. I'll just be like, yeah, my rose is still our farms coming along. So. <laughs> that's a good rose though. Yeah. So Justine, what do you have? So I'll start with my rose. I So I am one of three horse crazy girls in my family. I have two cousins, one who's older than me and one who's younger than me that also grew up with horses. And we all kind of have our own separate paths that we went. But my younger cousin, she just graduated from Clemson and she did the equine program there. And they, I guess they breed horses there. And it's like a program where, you know, they start they start them and they develop them and do all the stuff with the young horses. And then the program sells some of them every year to kind of keep funding their, you know, the whole major. And so my cousin Sarah just graduated and one of the horses, she was there when he was born and it like started him and everything came up for sale. And so she and some like very special horse people who have known her, you know, most of her life, they all bought the horse for her. I'm just so excited for her. So she's got this three-year-old big chestnut. His name is Cajun. He's very cute. Um, And I'm just, it's the first time she's ever owned a horse, even though she's ridden horses her whole life, has always been around them, always at a barn and showed and everything. So it was a great excuse for me to go through all of my tack trunks, the one I have at the house, the two at the barn, the one in the trailer, (laughs) go through all my stuff. And I started compiling stuff like, all right, if I haven't looked at this in three years, do I really need to keep it? You know, and so I put it all in a big box and mailed it to her for Christmas to kind of get her started, like on gently used sheets and bits and bridles and all kinds of stuff. Just since this is her first horse, she's not really sure where to start, you know, like with what she needs right away. So I'm really excited for her though. Yeah. And so I guess my, let me think about my thorn here. Um, Probably just that I feel old guys. I don't know if it's the holidays are catching up to me and I'm just like a sourpuss this year. Or um, I helped out at the barn a couple weeks ago around Thanksgiving when my barn owner went out of town for the holiday. And I think I told you guys I've been like so sore. Well, my body is just like not totally recouped. Because I just feel like an old lady where like my back is sore and I went to this clinic last weekend and rode for like two and a half hours and I just still feel the same soreness. I think I'm going to go to a, <laughs> go to a chiropractor or something because I'm either old or something is wrong, you know. <laughs> I don't know what it is yet. <laughs> so. uh, that's funny. <laughs> 
But it sucks. I hate, like, I wake up and I'm like a crippled old lady, like, trying to get out of bed, you know? Like, I gotta do something about this. But what about you, Jen? Have you had time to think? Yeah. So my rose is kind of ridiculous, but I'm excited about it nonetheless. I've been doing Whole30 for the past month. Yeah. Um, and I'm vegetarian, so my diet has been extremely limited for 30 days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I got to eat legumes, uh, two days ago and I'm eating rice today. So I'm super excited about it. Oh. <laughs> it's a little thing like that. I get it, man. It really is. Like I thought it was ridiculous that I've been drinking like a glass of water with apple cider vinegar in it. And because I haven't had sugar in over a month, I don't think that apple cider vinegar tastes that bad anymore. I think. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. Oh no. I was like, this is where I'm at right now. This is crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So I'm kind of excited to uh, start adding food back in and hopefully not have any problems with them. And my thorn was uh, last night I was cooking something in the oven and on the stovetop and I went to open the oven door and like the lights flickered and then the whole panel flickered (gasps) oven and it turned off and I was like oh god I don't know what I just did and so I tried like flipping the breaker and every all the lights and it said it was working but the it it wouldn't heat up like none of the stovetop would heat or the oven and my husband ironically enough is an electrician and he's out of town, of course, this week. Oh, God. So I was like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to cook my food without a stove or an oven? Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So um, that was kind of the thorn. But luckily, I tried the breaker again this morning and the stovetop works. But we have to replace our whole electric panel in the house. Oh, oh, God. oh God, no. a pain. And yeah, what a nightmare. Luckily, though, I don't have to pay for an electrician to fix it. I can just... That's yeah. true. Have him do it. Add it to the honeydew list. <laughs> yeah, totally. But yeah. All right. Well, Jen, it was so great having you on. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Thanks, thanks again. All right. All right, guys. So we got a really interesting mailbag question from Ashley from our Facebook group. And she wants to know, what's the difference between an FEI passport and a national one? And I honestly have no idea. So, Jess, why don't we start with you? I, hope I you don't know. either. <laughs> I know this answer. <laughs> right. So it is, it's pretty, it's pretty different because so for FEI, most people don't know that there are two different ones. So the national passport is for horses that let's take that you're a U.S. rider riding in the United States, you own the horse or a U.S. rider or U.S. person owns the horse, you can get a national passport and compete up to the two-star level with them, like CCI two-star. And so, and all of this will actually change 2019. So we'll have to talk about like the different levels, (laughs) but old two-star level as of like right now, CCI two-star intermediate level you can go up to that with a national passport, but you can't travel to Canada to do Bromont. You can't go overseas. You can't do that. So if you're wanting to do a one-star, two-star in this country with a U.S. horse owned by a U.S. rider and you're a U.S. citizen, you can do national. Then if you want to do something more than that, or you want to compete different places, then you have to do an FEI passport. So even if you go to Bromont to do a CCI two-star 
you have to have an FEI passport if you're a U.S. So for our horses that we are pretty sure are going to go up the levels all the way, we just get them an FEI passport. It is much more expensive than the national ones. And the ones that like, you know, I've only actually gotten one national passport. And so it was one horse that we're like, ah, oh, yeah, we'll do the one star because you can upgrade the net and I owned it and everything. So like, um, we could upgrade it to a FEI one if he did go to Bromont or whatever in the two star. So you can do national through that, if that makes sense. And it's way cheaper. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Good so it's know. basically about personal preference. And Ashley, if you have any more questions, just Facebook message me or message on the group and we can talk more about it. And I love that we get all these mailbags. It's like one of my favorite things is mailbags. So please send us your questions and send us an email with hello at heelsdownmedia.com. Any questions you guys have. And then we also can take that if you want to send us a voice recording you can actually record it on your phone and then email it to us and we can play the question on the air. So I think that'd be a fun way for you guys to kind of ask questions and come on our podcast. So it'd be super fun. So if you guys want to hear more from us, you can subscribe to the Heels Down Brief, uh, which is our weekday email newsletter with all kinds of fun news. And through the month of December, we're sharing some really fun holiday traditions from our favorite top riders. And we're also sharing uh, horse treat recipes so uh, to get all of that and more, remember, you can sign up at bit.ly slash hdbrief. And also, please remember to join our Facebook lounge, which is Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge. So many thanks to our, this week's sponsors, which are Arc Equine, Smart Pack, Anique, and EcoGold. All right, guys, that's it. Cheers. Right. Thanks, Cheers. Guys.